A podcast network. Hey, this is Abby Weems from Potty Mouth, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. <laughs> Do you like it okay so far? Yeah, it's good. Okay. We're ethnically ambiguous. Our episodes run contiguous. We sure hope that you dig you us on the Radio 8 Ball Show. There's a few things we want to know. We seem to have misplaced our favorite pants. <laughs> I'm into Where oh. are our pants? Where do we come from? Who are we? We just told you so. <laughs> We're ethnically ambiguous our episodes run contiguous we sure hope that you dig you us on the radio eight ball show so now we're going to just jump right in we'll okay. get to the next segment we're going to jump it right into your question okay cool do you want to sit here do you want to move over yeah yeah do I have to? Or yeah, yes, take please. photos of you? Oh, oh, right. Okay. Oh, wait. Should I have taken photos of you sitting down? I don't know. You took photos of me. That's photos fine. Of you at the, the wheel. I took yeah, photos of you at the wheel. Okay. okay. So here we go. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out here in the studio with me, performing the songs that are the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. Those songs are almost entirely written by people who have been guests on the show in the past. And we are hanging out here in this episode with some of my favorite podcast hosts doing my version of their show on my show i know it sounds confusing but you'll you'll get the hang of it we're in the middle of our hangout with uh ethnically ambiguous yeah <laughs> are you sure <laughs> Do you forget uh, names? Yeah. i have three podcasts going in my names yeah. going in my head and somehow mormon and the meth head profiles and eccentricity and ethnically ambiguous there's enough <laughs> consonants in there that are all like yeah. it's getting I, sometimes I want to call you ethnically amphibi- amphibious so Whoa, in my, in my we mind. So, so in our last segment, we got we talked about some really fun topics. Fun anti-Semitism, Israel. It's fun to, for me that I got to talk about no, it at yeah, all. I'm that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, these are topics that nobody ever wants to talk about. Well, that's and what I feel like about our show. It's we like, get to nerd out a about it sometimes. Oh, I show, love but, the yeah. way your show is a bummer because yeah. um, <laughs> it's, it's real. So, okay, so we were in the last, but we were we were getting into talking about democratic politics in the United yeah. States, and we were. Shireen, once again, we were on the verge of of, of a, an adorable disagreement. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say a disagreement because I. Really... I hadn't even started. I'm about to disagree. But you were. We were talking about how about you were talking about how we ended up with Trump and the yeah. role that Bernie Sanders I lo- and no, his no, no, supporters no, I might Bernie play Sanders. in that. Like I, as I said, like I, I went to Arizona. I filmed a rally. I edited. Like I, we, we, I made him like a campaign thing. Everyone vote for Bernie, and I yeah. was so in that train. But I think there were some Bernie Bros that just. 
have made well, me mad. <laughs> can I make a point that I think it's very important that he has come out and acknowledged that he did not pay enough attention to African Americans and other black communities? Yeah. And I think that's very important because now he's like, now I'm I'm really I'm really seeing what I did wrong. And I think yeah. it's important that he now that he's out here again, that he's going to I don't know. I, I think it's 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 a strong effort, and I feel good about it. Oh yeah, no, I feel so good about Bernie just running. I, I think someone with his amount of privilege that can recognize his mistakes and like yeah. do better. I think that's so amazing. I think he's a phenomenal human being. I just have issue with the Bernie Bros. If I could put that in a blanket statement, just like the the guy, the, the people that um, were Bernie or bust. Like those are the people that I have issue with back then. Back then, not now. I think back then it, it left a bad taste in my mouth because I would have rather had Hillary was, in a million was, years. It was yeah. very rocks as soon as Trump got elected. It was like Muslim ban, and we were all immediately like, "What have you people done?" Yeah. It's yes. like this is what America wants. Yes. It doesn't want me at all. What yeah. I would say that along those lines. I mean, yes. I mean, I don't necessarily think Hillary Clinton wanted. She was not as she's not obnoxious as obnoxious about it, but she's also not a she wasn't a a bastion of tolerance and welcoming. Right, she like, would be like but she, she would be better regardless than, of what she yeah. was. Yeah, so, she wasn't Trump. Right, so I, I, there's a few points that I because I I love that you brought this up because these are things that I always want to be able to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, one, uh, I feel like uh, I remember that. Bernie Sanders' response to Black Lives Matter activists, I remember in Seattle, Mm -hmm. he was at a rally, Mm -hmm. and they came on stage, and this was at a point when Hillary Clinton had been having people, having Black Lives Matter people escorted from her rallies, not beaten up at, like, a Trump rallies, just just thrown out by the police, politely. Um, so that there would be the difference. But what Bernie Sanders did, and he got some flack for it, was like, was he, not from the black community, from like people who are like, he just said, okay, well, here, you can have the mic, you talk. And I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And and I saw like the way he, like his interviews with Killer Mike and the stuff that he, so when people said that he, I, I always felt like when he was framed as being the candidate who was not reaching out to the black community, while the woman who championed super predators and was having is was talking down to Black Lives Matter and supporting cops and having people escorted from the from the her events, I felt like that was one of those just like it was a it was a trope. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. true. I mean, there he like on the larger scale he might have had a hard time reaching that community, but I think that's in part because of the way the DNC mm-hmm. portrayed him and treated the black community like they owned them. Yeah. Which I felt was like right. the most racist way yeah. to treat the black community even as a black community as opposed to as Democrats or it's, voters. It's hard because <laughs> socialism in its own way is a white concept. Yeah. It's not something that we immediately are... Oh, I tell that to Eldridge like, Cleaver, but, you know. <laughs> well, it's just, like, true, but, like, you, it's not something that people... Like, they don't understand it. They don't fully grasp it because we're not used to it. We're not... Our whole lives, like, people of color, African-Americans, just, you know, black people in general, just, they don't... We're not used to these kind of concepts, like, coming at us where we're like, oh... We weren't raised in Norway. Like, we don't get it. You don't, we don't get things. We don't, we're not just given health care. We don't mm-hmm. understand that. So I think it's like, you have to approach us with it and, and get, it has to be a strong concept that we, you know, as young people, we get it, but older people, it's not like they don't, it's not what they know. They're like, okay, 
you know, I understand capitalism, you know, like I, I, I get that, but you're, you're coming at me hard. It's not what I'm used to. And I need to like, you, Bernie brought it the best way he could, yeah. which I, you know, that's great. And I think he tried this, is, yeah. this is a strong year for him. Like I'm not, you know, there's there's so many people running, and I, I it's kind of becoming yeah. a thing where you're but like, that, that's Ugh. what I'm afraid of. I, I'm afraid <laughs> it's becoming a little bit of a clusterfuckish because like everyone is running for president, not just like the people we thought. So um, I think out of everyone, though, I'm obvious. I'm you know like I'm no I'm not necessarily a fan of. I like Elizabeth Warren, but I'm not here being like hell yeah Elizabeth. Right. I'm you know like Cory Booker or Amy Klobuchar who has like really weird rumors about how she treats her staff. Where you're what? like she's crazy or I don't know. It's because she's also a woman, so of course they'll right. come after her. But like um, Bernie is, I feel like our best bet at this point. No, I and I agree with you. And I think I th- him having ran against Hillary against the primaries makes him so much stronger. It makes him he knows. He knows the situation now mm-hmm. better than ever, and I, I feel so strongly that he can come through. He can learn from any sort of like misplacement of press or like media or how they're portrayed him, and he can come through strong. And I think I feel good about it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think something I admire about him is that he also probably recognizes the influence he had in young people. He he yeah. like because of Bernie, so many like the, the younger generation like all went to the polls like that has never yeah. happened before. Yeah. And I think he understands that influence he has and. Even if that's the only, if, if worst case scenario, that's the only thing he accomplishes. That's more than fucking enough. And I want to say one, because I want to get to to the to your question. I'm sorry, I'm, but but uh, the other thing that because you were talking about new blood, mm-hmm. and I think the reason that Bernie is so unique <clears throat> is that he is like he's just been consistent for like their new blood could be like I mean Barack Obama was new blood and it was mm-hmm. great, but then we were like, oh wait a second. You like Wall Street and drones and all. Wait, you're, and you don't He's like. A politician. It, yeah, you. Your new blood. It just means that we didn't know what you really believed. Whereas we know that Bernie Sanders was getting arrested for civil rights in the '60s, mm-hmm. and he was talking trash on to Wall Street and to the Reaganomics yeah. in the '80s. And so there's this thing of just like, I, to me, I like. It, yeah, I loved it because there was a sense. I think maybe it's like the artist in you. You're like, okay. I'm just gonna do stuff that's good and unpopular mm-hmm. for, um, and just do the right thing forever. Mm-hmm. And then when you're like 70 years old, the young people will look up and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. someone has been just on the path the whole yeah. time. I can trust that. I, no, that guy I is not is not doing this for the money." Be, I think he truly would be an ideal president. I just, I guess, my faith in America has dissipated oh, man. so much. I'm with you. I, I think yeah. that's what really, whether it was Trump. The, started with Trump being elected. I remember election day so well. I did not recover. And uh, I think since then, I was like, oh, this is what America wanted. And then the like Muslim ban and the wall and all this bullshit, like just Trump's lesion of fear that he just like sticks to. I think as much as I love Bernie and I, as much as I want him to be president, I think I have become too jaded to have any faith in America anymore. Well, uh, yeah, and I'll, and I'll give you, but the one thing to remember half the people more than half the people in the country didn't vote Mm -hmm. less than a majority voted for trump Mm -hmm. so it's a 22 something 22 23 percent the electoral system is already right so something i have issue and that's and again that's sort of like this idea to me the bird like don't hate me Mm -hmm. i live in washington our state was is true blue it's never going to go for red but Bernie Sanders won our primary by 70%, and then superdelegates gave him gave the win to Hillary Clinton. I was like, no way. You live in Washington? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. I you live, come down here? I come down here to do this, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, it's cheaper, it's cheap to live up there, and I, oh, I people are, you know, mean and... But, but, you know, so, but the point is, I did, I voted for Jill Stein as a protest vote. Uh I didn't, but, and I, and I always feel like I want to speak up for all the people in blue states. But but you can't possibly think that you would rather have Trump than Hillary. No, no. And that's what I'm saying. If I was living in Michigan, Mm -hmm. I would have voted, I would have volunteered for Hillary. Yeah. Because... It's a swing state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, if you live in California, Washington, Oregon, yeah. Massachusetts, if you, yeah, if I, you live in Texas, those are those, go, that's fine. That's you fine. You know, and all those, and most of the fights I see online between people talking about Bernie Bros are in Cali- are in those states. Right. Getting mad at their neighbors. No, I was I was mad no, at no. the swing states. Yeah, I was I'm mad with at you. the swing states. I, I'm not mad at a blue state for voting rebelliously right. or whatever. I'm mad at the states that were like a margin, like a point seven margin. And also remember, in those states, Michigan, the states that were worst, that's where they were. Chris Kobach and the Republicans did the most voter disenfranchisement. So even though Trump might have won by like ten thousand votes or something like that, there were over a hundred thousand in both those states that were purged because their names were yeah, not there was like Rodriguez or, or right. Reginald yeah. Johnson, all the Reginald Johnson. It was Johnsons. a fucking scam. Yeah. The whole thing was so, a fucking scam. Yeah. Don't listen. Like I'm just saying, I don't want to blame the the people who. I don't believe. blame. I don't blame. Them <laughs> and I don't even solely. call them Bernie Bros because it's not fair to all the women I know who supported that, that Bernie Sanders. That was just yeah. bro is uh, gender neutral. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bro. Come on, bro. bro. Do you think bro. that that term though, the way it was used? I don't really remember uh, it too. I mean, clearly. I got I got in trouble on our podcast for saying the word "dude" was gender neutral and "guy" was gender neutral. So I just expect everyone to come after me all the time. I just feel so. Bernie, Bernie. I'm so I'm so impressed that enough people listen to your show to get thought, to no, get no, you in trouble. You because just need the one. You just I don't, need the one annoying person that's like, actually, you can't say this. The also, only people who get mad at my show are people who don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> they are like, I can't believe that Andras Jones guy is going to say blah blah blah. But I didn't say it. No, no. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, just to—I I wasn't trying to blame the Bernie. I mean, no, 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 I get no. it. There's a part of me that does blame That's... the Bernie or bust in the swing yeah. states. The swings. I yeah. mean, y'all fucked up for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> not That's really. Hard. There's it, more than that. It's, there's more. It's layers. a deeper emotion for us because it was so that Muslim band. I think fucked us all up. Yeah, uh, we were all like, oh, immediately like trust no one. Yeah, yeah. trust it no one. I'll never be that. able to go back home. I'll never see my family in Syria again. Like, oh, this is a, this is a, like America truly is a garbage place to be. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just it's hard to separate your emotion and like feeling your blood, literally yeah. your actual blood being told is not okay in this country you live in where yeah. you're like, I will fuck you all up because yeah. that's how hurt I am. And yeah. it's hard to separate yourself from that when you're like looking at all these people being like, socialism, woo! And you're like, yeah, totally, like, I have more on the line than that. I, I like, just want my family yeah. to exist, no, you I know? Think, I, think, I think you're like, you're completely right because we had so much more on the line than like fucking free healthcare, like which is I'm all about, but also like would love to see my family again. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of immigrants have that same problem, whether they're from the Middle East or now it's like in Mexico or whatever. In Venezuela. In Venezuela. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really a state of fear that is constant and did not go away at all. And, and I, it's, it's becoming, it's becoming, uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel with like, 
Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez and and, yeah. and and Omar and and Tlaib, and, and Rashida Tlaib or is that how you say your name? Tlaib. Yeah. I've heard of Tlaib. Is it is Tlaib? Tlaib. You know, I'm gonna trust you. Um, well, regardless, it, it it makes me have more hope that women that I would I could have seen growing up being like, whoa, she kind of looks like my aunt or like whatever. Yeah. Like that gives me some hope that there is light in the tunnel, and um. Uh, but yeah, I think the the political climate here was so rough for us, especially for when Trump was elected. But then again, you see my parents who are immigrants who are more patriotic than than I can understand because they're just like this country gave us a home. Yeah, they're just so they're, happy. They're so to happy to be here, and so I remember them. And I get annoyed when people are like, well, why don't you just go to Canada? Well, first of all, it's not that easy. Also, it's cold. And so, um, yeah, because that's not where I was born. <laughs> like, I, I it's, not, it's not I'm that like, I... please, I will go to Canada. Please, someone <laughs> take me there. I would don't turn your nose up on Canada. It's Canada's no, great. I love, nice. I love Canada. But there's that argument that's like, well, what if you don't like this country? Why don't you just leave it? Yeah, no, like, that's, that's not dumb. my that's not yeah, my point. It's like this is also my country. Yeah, right. it's not my point. It's just, it is more your country than mine now. But I'm working on it. Well, uh, I want again. I want to get to your question, but I'm I'm curious, and I don't mean this in a it might even sound like a jokey way. But I was thinking about when you were saying when you were talking. Mm-hmm. So, for for you, I mean, obviously. So the first thing Trump does, he comes in. I'm gonna, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the the Muslim ban. Since then, what's going on in the southern border? has sort of eclipsed it in terms of its crimes against humanity quality. Yeah. Like, now it's not enough just we're not going to let you in, we're going to steal your kids. Yeah. Because I feel like this is the thing about creeping fascism. It's like one, like, you get outrage fatigue. Not only that there's yeah. a travel ban that happened, there's the, the the thing at the wall that's happening with the deported children and the, yeah. and the, and the, and the, the they're not camps, they're like uh, centers that these yeah. kids are going to. And like, like some converted of them... Converted Walmart. Like, some of them die. Like, yeah. like that's horrid and people are getting distracted by other bullshit things that trump is tweeting just to like and then we forget that there are children separated from their parents like a couple miles away it's just like it's really it 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 makes me so angry but also i think i've had so much emotional uh issues to work through when it comes to my family and to Syria I think part of me is a little like I I, part of me has to turn off my emotions at some point only because like it hurts so like it I cannot function like like I can't like I watched a movie about Lebanon the other like two like two weeks ago you were talking about it and I I still am not over it. Say the name of the film again so people can hear. Capernaum or Capernaum that's how you say it but uh, it's spelled like Capernaum but it's it's pronounced Capernaum and like I, I usually would avoid those kinds of films that deal with like children and and war and everything because I know how much it affects me, but I can't just pretend it's not happening. And the same thing goes for this government and what it's doing to children. And um, it's just and it makes you feel kind of helpless because you're just like, well, I am one person. What can I do? But like I talk yeah. about it on my podcast, like yeah. <laughs> it makes it feel so silly. Like, but at the same time, like we're just trying our best and. Uh, um, and I'll make work that revolves around that, hopefully, and may, hopefully my films will draw attention to something bigger, and hopefully our podcast can do the same thing. But like, um, outrage fatigue is real, and I think recognizing it and not and not succumbing to it has been a process for me because yeah. I, I there are times where I'm like, what the fuck is the point? Yeah, you have yeah. to compartmentalize very yeah. hard. Like I do the same thing when I 
I, even just thinking about the Iran nuclear deal being taken out, like yeah. my entire family's in Iran. Money isn't worth anything there. Mm-hmm. They have all. Everyone lost everything. You don't have jobs. You have nothing because of sanctions. Yeah. And then you, I, I try not to think about it because I talk to my family in Iran, like just you know messaging apps every day, and it's like. What the fuck are these people supposed yeah. to do? Like, what if one day you woke up and your dollar was worth nothing mm-hmm. and you didn't have enough time to go change it out for a euro to hope to God you'd have something yeah. that was worth anything? And then all of a sudden, like, all the businesses around you are closing because, hey, guess what? No one wants to send these businesses anything and everything is of poor quality in the country. Yeah. It's like maddening to think about. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that just flew right on the radar. Trump was like, no, fuck Iran. That's that. And then, like, no one thought no anything one knew, about but, like, it. No, no one even consider the consequences of actual human beings yeah, in their lives. Sure, the Iranian the regime of Iran sucks, but you're looking at human beings who like just live there. Yeah. They well, live there I and mean, they're Iranians. And they this is no... and what we're doing in Venezuela now too. Again, yeah. comes back to this, yeah, this country and what we're doing a lot of mischief all over. But I do want to get to your question. <laughs> okay. I love the, I love the fire of like uh, all the stuff you talk about. I just I'm so glad your podcast exists, and it is yeah. important. It is important activism. It really is important what and you're I doing. I think I think it's so. it's nice when we get messages like, I never heard this perspective before, or I'm a white person from Missouri, and like I don't I don't attract with Arabic people or Middle Eastern people. It's so helpful for me. So I think those messages really remind me that. Um, podcasting has given us a voice to pe- like made us connect with people that we would not have otherwise because this is my first foray into podcasting I don't really work with podcasts other, other than having one so uh, it's been cool to see the reach that it has and the people that internationally listen to us we got an email from China the other day saying oh, yeah. like like just the Chinese government bans Facebook and and uh, iTunes and everything, so it's so hard to listen to our podcast. But when they do, when they are able to listen to it, they learn so much. So it's like that's fucking intense, dude. Like that's the fact that people, like someone in China and someone in Europe and someone in the South or whatever, the fact that they're listening to us and like learning something, and it's just like me and Anna like talking about bullshit for a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we do talk about important things too, but. We also want to make it like digestible. So I think that reminds me just how important it is to, in little ways, have our activism. So it's not just about like growing out my armpit hair. It's about like, I don't know. Do you grow your armpit hair? No, but I just like was thinking about like dumb, like, like, not, it's not dumb, but I think like activism now is yeah. like has become a really Instagrammable thing. Mm. And we are, and the podcast is like at least my version of like, trying a little bit of action where it's like I don't need to like I don't know I don't need to post on Instagram about my fucking leg hair or something to be like a feminist or to be whatever I'm still like this is a form of feminism like having our own voices and, and, and recognizing that it should be there mm-hmm. and even just being people in the podcasting world that are minorities <laughs> like like the, the fact that the majority of the podcast plane is dominated by straight white guys and then there's us I think that's feminism in and of itself, you know? Like, we're still there, and we're going to do it. And yeah, it's, it's so yeah. interesting that I, being I gotta, a person I, of color... Sorry, being a person of... Having the confidence and being a person of color at the same time turns into, like, activism. Yeah. It's kind of a funny thing. Sorry. So, so I, I got You know, I don't, I don't want to interrupt this, but I do want to try to funnel it towards a question. So... Um... Um... Well... Uh... 
I don't know. I, I my question has changed since the beginning of this episode That's, till that'll now. That'll happen. Uh, I guess my question is. Well, after seeing this film, Capernaum, um, it's a Lebanese film by this filmmaker called Nadine Lebeki. She's phenomenal. I seriously urge everyone to watch this film. It changed. It, it, as someone who's Middle Eastern, it really affected me, but I think it will affect you regardless. But for me, as a filmmaker, it was truly the, this, the most ideal, my, my dream film that I wish I could make because it's through a child's point of view, which I think is the most pure like literally unadulterated uh mouthpiece and um and it's about tragedy and it's about real it's like it's just it's a version of reality that that, that, that that's just slightly narratively altered because it's like a movie obviously but um i guess my question is will maybe, maybe it's like maybe it's a selfish question but you know what? I don't care. I'm talking. Now. That's the kind I want. Um, will I ever be able to? Because I have a lot of feelings with, I have a lot of issues with uh, processing my emotions, and I'm also like kind of afraid of commitment. So like, will I ever? And like, even with like my work and whatever or plants or anything, I struggle with commitment. But as far as filmmaking goes, will I ever be able to make a feature film that can impact someone the same way a Capernaum affected me? Because that is my dream if I can just do that okay um, and I am my own worst enemy so so the question is will you ever make a film that affects people the way that Capernaum affected you yeah okay well now to engage the pop oracle you get to spin the wheel of eight na 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 we love Song number seven. Song number seven. Some jingle jangle morning by Mary Lou Lord. Okay. Here we go. Actually, a little water won't hurt. about a sunbeam song about a girl voice still rings and echoes in my mind so many words unspoken so many worlds apart your memory is all you left Well, things have all gone crazy And now it's like a dream And I knew that I blew it from the start I was too freaked out to deal with it all And too fucked up to care I sat right there and I watched it fall apart Well, now LSD and ecstasy won't help me And my dance with Mr. Brownstone's got too rough Will you wake me without warning Some jingle jangle morning We'll fly away to heaven 
the stars Because I love to watch you walk And I love to hear you talk But there's nothing I can't say To make you far away They all moved out of Seattle and back to LA And they ask me how I'm doing And I ask them if they've seen you But no one sees much of anyone these days But now LSD and ecstasy won't help me When you dance with Mr. Brownstone's got too rough Would you wake me without warning Some jingle jangle morning We'll fly away to heaven on a star Because I love to watch you walk And I love hear you talk But there's nothing I can't say To make you feel was some jingle jangle morning for Mary Lou Lord. You know who Mary Lou Lord is? I do not. She was uh she is and but she was a she was a sort of a phenomenon in the early 90s. She made a a single with this song with uh, a very early version of Bikini Kill. Oh nice. And who are coming on tour this spring. Yeah, I saw Very excited yeah. about that. And um, and she, the song was about, she went out with Kurt Cobain before uh, Courtney. And so she was sort of, I don't know, adopted by the Olympia scene after mm-hmm. she was sort of cast off and sort of brokenhearted and watching all of that happen. Um, and so that's what the song, the song is actually, I think, is about... You know, that song about a sunbeam, song about a girl, mm-hmm. your voice still rings and echoes in my mind. I think it's about Kurt. Um, and uh, she was on the show on the show recently, and I, I got to tell her, I don't know, maybe I've told this sto- story in the past. I, I met her when we were playing open mics in Olympia, Washington, and I just, we had a, I just thought she was great, but I didn't know anything about her story. And we, uh, we got, we had a plan to get together and write songs, and I called her up, and she was like, oh, I, I can't really do it today. He's like, well, what's she sounded sad? I was like, what's the matter? She's like, well, a friend of mine killed himself, uh, and I was sort of like, oh God, that's you know, the impact was like of a person telling mm-hmm. you that their friend 
It's like, oh my God. And there was just sort of this silence. She's like, it was Kurt Cobain. I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh, okay. And I, that was, that was the first, I, like, I didn't even know that mm -hmm. he had, so that, anyway, so that all is sort of encoded into that song. And if you, and if you hear her version, it's so much better. <laughs> She's wonderful. She has an amazing voice. And so, but it's a, a, it a pleasure to singing that, to sing yeah. that song. And, uh, and I'm curious what you think about that as the answer. I, mm. I had some ideas, but I'm curious what I you think about that ideas. as the answer. I have some ideas. Not all of them great, but, um... There's like a lyric where she's like, I freed myself out or like I, uh, I, I don't know if she used the word fuck. Did I fuck yeah. it all up or something? Yeah. And, uh, I was too freaked out to deal with it all and too fucked up to care. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's, that's it. And then, um, uh, it is interesting cause like she talks about like feeling this, you can't make him feel or make them feel the same way. So that's like, oh, I guess I can't. That's like a little lyric. It's like the same way or something, um, but I mean, there, it's like a it's like a bittersweet song. It sounds like it's like it's deceivingly has a happy tune, but it's actually really sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what did you think, Anna? I feel like it was kind of to me like just learning to kind of get out of your own way to yeah. kind of like you were saying your like ecstasy won't help, drugs won't help. Uh, LSD won't help, yeah. even though it's great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think Anna's right. I think I do it is I I am my roadblock. Yeah, I said it before the song started. I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> well, that, yeah. I mean, that's that's where I because uh, yeah. I when I paraphrased your question, I just brought it down to the question. But the context is really where it's at. Uh -huh. Like <clears throat> the thing about uh, consulting oracles is that today's answer applies to today. Mm -hmm. Does not apply to your whole life, right? right? The reading, you'd ask the same question of, are get a different reading, which will, will be equally as true. Mm -hmm. But the way you couched it was in, oh, I hate myself and blah, blah, blah. You know, I okay, judge I myself. I didn't say that, <laughs> No, but you said something <laughs> along those lines of like, I'm very <laughs> critical of myself and yeah. I don't believe, you know. And it made me feel like that uh, idea of like, uh, it, I, the chorus made me, it, it was where it was at. It was like, right. I wanted you to sing. I, in my mind, I wanted you to sing this to you. Yeah. Like, I love to watch you walk, and I love to hear you talk, mm -hmm. but there's nothing I can say right. to make you feel the same <laughs> way. Cause like yeah, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a love song to myself. And Well, and it's also, no, I actually, I was thinking more like it's the frustration of someone who sees you as this shiny, mm -hmm. charismatic thing. And I've, it's, this isn't you, this is, I have this I with mean, so yeah. many of my friends who mm -hmm. are the most talented, charismatic, exciting people, and they can't see that about themselves. They're so focused on the things that are wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way in, a, in, I, I do the same things to myself. I have other people who are that way with me. But it, you know that feeling of being mm -hmm. so frustrated. You just want to be like, you're great. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you, you know? And you could be like that to somebody else, but it's hard to be that yeah. for yourself. So I mean, I wouldn't say I, I'm, I don't. I, I don't, didn't mean to say that. I know. You I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I am very critical of myself and I am trying to get over it. But I also think that's like the struggle of like making art is yeah. that you. You just want it to be good and to connect with people, whether it's like poetry or film or music or whatever. You just want it to be good, and often your standards are unreasonably high, and 
it also invites, especially living in LA, it just invites so much comparison and it invites so much, uh, it's like a field of insecurity here. Just yep. every other person just wanting the same things you do or competing with you in their own way or whatever. But I do think that song is really, it's a, yeah, it's like a therapy song to, to me. Yeah. Just, uh, gotta love me. <laughs> you do. And I, and I do. I do have moments where I do, um, I I think I I think when it comes to my work, that's when I'm very in my own head. Like I think I have moments, and but and then again, my work is like my number one thing. So um, I think that also makes me unreasonably terrified of mediocrity. Right. Uh, well, then again, <laughs> Lena Dunham is making a film about a Syrian refugee, so anything is possible, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Um. But no, she shouldn't I shouldn't make that film. She shouldn't. <laughs> no, she shouldn't. Um. No, I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's just, I think I've always lit or have been trying to cope or deal with this, like, impending doom of mediocrity just looming over me. And I think once I am able to, well, I, I've recognized it for a while, but once I'm able to just, like, walk past it, and even if I get, like, a little, uh, if, if, if the rain cloud makes me damp, I can just still do my stuff, and, I, and I'll maybe I'll be a little soggy, but um, uh, that was gross. Um, no, no. But I, but I think I hope we know what I mean. A good but, metaphor for like just your your dark feelings. Yeah, I think um, I think if you don't at least try to do anything, and you're if you're constantly fearful of whether it's mediocrity or failure, you'll never do anything. So I think for me, it's just like overcoming that. F- fear that is always going to be there not even just trying to because pretending it's not there is part of the problem you have to pretend it's there you have to know it's there and live with it and walk side by side with it the same as you would with your depression or your anxiety or any other uh mental disorder so yeah 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 and that's luckily being an artist you have an outlet to yeah. work it. That's the thing I love about. I mean, mm-hmm. you, we get to, all of this stuff we can use. Yeah, you know? it's a it's a catharsis. If you use all of, if you're a bus driver and you use all your stuff at your job, you're going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But in an, as an artist, make it as soggy as you want. Yeah, <laughs> make it as soggy as you want. You heard it here first. It's a sex thing. Okay. It, is, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> Totally inappropriate. <laughs> you just me tooed me. <laughs> what is wait? Okay, I know we gotta go, but just quickly, is me tooing? I thought me tooing was when you, when you call someone out who has done something bad. It's not. But you're saying that me tooing well, is when someone like does verb, something bad. Like, she, like every time like I make her uncomfortable. I I now have been me too. Like, like I've, I've I, emotionally I, assaulted her. I too now am me too. I don't know. It's oh. like a like weird. I, I was... She's the victim. I am the offender. Yeah. I have assaulted her verbally or otherwise. I have acknowledged that she has sexually harassed me on this podcast because yeah. I said the word soggy. <laughs> yeah. I am so excited that it's not me. Yeah. 
Of course it's not. It's always me. I'm always the one in trouble. Not at all. Well, this is, so you're now, this is your third. This, this is my third, third Radio, Radio 8, 8 Ball. Shereen. And Thank I, you so much for having us. I think we're going to make it a yearly thing. Every season, yeah. this is our second season. We got to have you, we'll have you back in the third season. Yes. And we can just grow together as yeah. podcasts. It's funny because every single episode I've been on, even though they are months, years apart, I am still depressed and sad well, asking asking very too. depressing questions so does change exist you tell me listeners <laughs> i don't think you can just drop depression but you can you can make it you can work your life yeah. around your own depression yeah. to to not have it hold you down also i'm fine i am <laughs> i am fine don't worry about me i am working through my own shit it just it's hard working on your own shit because a lot of your shit you have to do by yourself. And as a filmmaker, yeah. I work with myself a lot, um, whether it's writing or whatever. And I think when you're by yourself for an extended period of time, you just got to deal with it. Like coming here today was my first time interacting with humans all day. And it's like 9 p.m. And that's just part of my life right now. So I can relate yeah. to that. You got to get a puppy, man. <laughs> I got to come down to L.A. In Olympia, I don't see anyone. Yeah. I don't see anyone, but then I but come But you're probably here. surrounded by forests, and I love forests. Oh, I see trees. I have trees right out my uh, window. Trees and birds. It's wonderful. I want to live in a forest. Well, um... Again, thank you for giving me the opportunity to have these conversations with you. And thank you for doing your podcast. And, you know, uh, I believe you that you're depressed, but your effect on me, Shireen, is the exact opposite. I, oh. You are. Uh, yeah. No, you're, you're, you're a star. You're a star, babe. No, I mean, depression yeah, Depression is just an accessory, you know? Like some and it works wear, for you. Some people wear, wear necklaces it. and some people... Wear depression. I'm just depressed. You and Charlie Kaufman and... Larry Sand, David, Larry David, I, all my Charlie favorites. Charlie Kaufman's a fucking yeah. god. Yeah. So thank you for that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, thanks for having us. It's, it was it was a pleasure. Um, should we plug our shit? Is that yeah, okay? Yeah. Go for it. Do you wanna? Yeah, we have a show yeah. ethnically ambiguous. I don't know if, if, that if was you made haven't. Yeah, if you haven't heard about the show, it's called ethnically ambiguous. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just we're on or on iTunes, we're anywhere yeah. you find podcasts. Just Google yeah. us. And if if you're on or, Twitter, you yeah. can follow us at ethnically amb a m b on Instagram. We're ethnically ambig. Yeah, we A-M-B-I-G. post a lot of news and keep up with things. I you said nudes. We post a lot of nudes. That's how you get the likes, things. y'all. Yeah. Free the nip. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. also, uh, yeah, uh, if you want to follow me, I am Shiro Hero on Instagram, S H E E R O H E R O, and on Twitter is Shiro Hero six 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 because God is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And where are you? Oh, I'm at Anna Hosney on Twitter. She's easy. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, and yeah, uh, follow us around in person or on the internet. Not in per- I mean, I'm kidding. Don't, don't do it in person. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Stock I thought I was going to be invited to a party. <laughs> um, Possibly. But yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. Uh, wait. Sing with me. Uh, Where are our hands? Where do we come from? Who are we? We just told you so. 
Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio About a sunbeam, a song about a girl. Your voice still rings and echoes in my mind. So many words unspoken, so many worlds apart. Your memory is all you left behind. Somewhere it all got crazy And now it's like a dream And I knew that I put it from the start I was too freaked out to deal with it all And too fucked up to care I stood there and watched it fall apart
Show.